Where have I been? I have not finished my gold, uh, lady in gold. Hello, this is Robin Milne checking in after a month of being immersed in another world, basically the digital art world. Um, I got an invite to go to Clubhouse, the new app, new social media, social audio app. And I've become, in, I guess, infatuated or immersed in different discussions in different rooms inside that app regarding art. It's amazing how many people are there discussing art. <laughs> Musicians, poets, painters, curators, museum directors, the whole span or spectrum is there. So that's where I've been for the last month, and I am going to finish my book after this cast, but I thought I should clue you in about what's going on in my world. And I'm going to sort of do this as a thinking out loud project for myself to articulate some concerns I've had and some excitement I've had and try to make sense of it here in an audio format. So hang in there. Let's see if I can articulate this and find my notes. I've been making notes trying to figure this out. Okay, so I went into Clubhouse about February 15th. And have found it very fascinating and very educational and eye-opening and stimulating in, a, in the respect that um, it's opened my eyes to a new world of currency. It's some of the rooms I've been in is talking about cryptocurrency, Ethereum, the blockchain, um, and what NFTs are, non-fungible tokens. And I didn't have a clue about what any of this was. But as I listened in the rooms about what people were doing with this new, it's not new, new, but new to me, um, way of taking artwork, music, poetry recitations, audio, and building in these non-fungible tokens or NFTs, what's done for me is open my eyes to something that I have wanted to do with my art for, I can say now, probably at least 20 years. When I left art school, um, the first thing I did was try to get my work up somewhere for people to see it. And I remember putting it in different local cafes and wanting part of my proceeds, if anything, sold to go to women and children. Basically causes for women and children, domestic violence survivors, um, people that didn't have enough money to make it because they were single parents, that kind of thing. 
um, abusive situations, you know, help with mental health. Anyway, those kinds of causes. And I didn't have a lot of success selling out of cafes, but I still did it. I must have, I don't know, had probably a handful of shows, what I call shows, month-long gigs <laughs> in coffee cafes, you know, different places in Berkeley, Oakland, and my own area. So that was my beginning. And and so this this dream of mine has always been there that if I ever were to make, quote unquote, a living as an artist, that I wanted to donate portions of my proceeds to good causes because I feel like that's the only way I'm going to find and see change in my life, in my lifetime. So anyway, this has been an, a brewing and burning situation for me for quite some time. So what I started to listen to in these rooms was when they talked about digitizing your art and putting it out on the blockchain and collectors would collect it and trade it possibly or hold on to it. It's sort of similar to stock. It's kind of volatile, I think. I think it's goes up and down depending on how much traffic there is in the blockchain, how many people are trading, how many people are buying it or using it. And I mean, this has all been a brand new situation for me. So my bigger picture just started to widen. I thought, wow, I could actually collaborate with people. I could actually realize projects that I've had in my mind as an artist in the studio that I never knew how I was going to do because I couldn't get funding for it or I couldn't find, how was I going to find artists? How was I going to do that? How was I going to put music with my work in a gallery scene? How was I even going to get a gallerist to look at my work and even want to help me realize these projects? I mean, it was daunting. It's been daunting for 20 years, 20 years making art and trying to get into the quote-unquote art world, you know, entering shows, having open studios, having my work picked up um, in open studios and, and shows and also online and getting turned down for shows, getting, you know, rejected, but also getting shows, you know, in 2018, I had th three shows planned, two of them one of them was in Chicago, one of them was in L.A., and one of them was supposed to be in New York, and the curator canceled it, kind of last minute. And so it's been an uphill battle, <laughs> let me just say that. And I'm also not a young 20-something artist. I didn't get my start until um, I was in my 40s. I had already had a family and was raising a child as a single parent when I finished art school. So it's not been easy. And so working full time and trying to keep creating my art and getting my work out has just been difficult. So anyway, I just saw this as an opening. I saw this whole new world as something that might... Uh, 
finally be able to, you know, realize some of my dreams. And I've been in these rooms for a few weeks now listening, almost daily, every day, basically listening and gathering information and asking questions and getting angry and getting scared and then getting excited and it's been an up hidden it's been a roller coaster really for me and some of the questions i come up with is you know um you know the observation for me of how this money chain works um some of it has concerns for me i mean if you've heard of the Beeple collector recently, the Beeple in Christie's, you've heard that it went for $69 million plus, And that, to me, was great. It set the world on fire. It set the art world on fire. It got everybody to sit up and take notice. It, um, it's been a lot of discussion in these art rooms in this new app. And... Frankly, I applaud it. And frankly, it's scary as hell. Because the NFT world also feels really similar to the traditional art world. I mean, from what I've seen in the last few weeks. And when I say that, um, what you have to do in the real art world is go out and schmooze. Basically, you have to get to know people. You have to get them to look at your work and and it's it's complete snobbery if you really want to know the truth about how my experience has been and it's who you know and how you know it and when you you know it's just it's all it's all insider stuff and it it's really not built on in my mind well it is built on the quality of work but it isn't is it's also who you know you know, it's like that inside good old boy network. And I, I really despise that. And I've fought against that in my work world. You know, I, I experienced it as a telephone person, you know, as a woman in a, in a mostly male um, environment in my workplace. And I've experienced it in the library system. Uh, most corporations and even public sector jobs are are riddled with this, this capitalistic corporation bullshit, if you will. And I'm just going to be honest. And so I guess I had little rose-colored glasses on when I began listening to these things and thinking that, you know, I mean, I think artists have more control in this new blockchain world because we can decide how we want our work to be handled um, and it will always have our stamp of who made the work. I think that's very, very important because in the art world, there's a lot of misuse with art and um, I've experienced it even online, you know, people stealing my work and not asking to use it and not crediting my name and um manipulating my work and putting their signature over it. <laughs> so, I mean, I've had all kinds of things, you know, people trying to scam you because you're an artist, you know, telling you they want to buy your work and they're not really buyers. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just goes on and on. And 
the art world itself, I mean, recently I heard in these rooms, you know, an art gallerist say, you know, oh, I only answer two emails a year because, you know, artists continue to email me and they're just so desperate. And I was just like, really? And this is why we're going to NFTs. You know, this is why we want more control of our work is because we're tired of having to run through the hoops to even be looked at. So, yeah, it's disgusting. But anyway, it is what it is. I'm in it. I mean, I'm an artist. I make art. So I'm not going to stop making art. But, you know, frankly, I was ready to stop making art this last year. Um, because I kept, I have a lot of art. And although I've sold a lot of art, I still have a lot of art. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I going to do with this art? And I didn't see my way of getting it out in the world. I just, I'm kind of in a place at this stage of my life where I refuse to suck up. You know, I just, you, you might sound, I might sound, you know, arrogant, but I'm just not going to play that game. I'm not going to go and smuck, suck up to to museum dealers. So I hope whoever's listening to this, you know, it isn't because, you know, I don't want to be making relationships with curators and collectors. It's just that I don't play that game. I don't, I left that game when I left the phone company. I left that game when I left the library, you know? Um, so I just realized that those are my philosophical differences with folks in the business world. I just refuse to do it. Um, I will work with you. I will collaborate. I'm more than willing to do that. I've done some collaborations, and so that's that. So anyway, go, getting back to this people thing, you know, when I saw that and saw how some of this is having trouble getting started and people were getting frustrated with minting their work, when you minting is like entering into the blockchain their work and putting it out, as an NFT or an as a, you know, getting there. Like if I were to put my drawing uh, loaded up onto Facebook, for, for instance, it's basically attaching it to a network and it's attaching it to the blockchain and then shows that I did this for a certain amount of money at a certain time and this is who I am. This is the artist that did it. And, and then somebody can look at it and buy it, you know, or collect it, trade it, whatever they do. But um, my bigger picture is where I'm wanting to get with this. Um, I, I don't want people to feel ripped off in this situation. I have, I have integrity. I don't want people to feel like I'm into this for a money grab. I don't want people to feel like this is um, a scam, if you will, you know, uh, that they're going to get taken advantage of because... Frankly, I don't want to be taken advantage of. And I've been there and done that. I don't want to have that happen. So I have some mixed feelings about it. And um, what else do I want to say about this? Uh, I'm just trying to get away from all of that, you know. I'm trying to get away from consumerism. And yet I'm in a consumeristic world with creating my work, but I want my dream to be realized. And that dream is that maybe this platform, if you will, this NFT world can allow for 
me to stipulate that my work, when it's sold or bought or traded, a portion of that money will go to the causes I want. Ocean, for example, environmental causes, domestic violence help, um, refugee. I have a whole series about my refugee work that, from our wars, our endless wars that have created the havoc across the world. Um, so my work could be smart contract, put in a smart contract that a certain percentage is going to go to these causes from these projects that I would upload and to this nifty world, this NFT. Um, so that's what I've been up to, trying to figure that out, you know, trying to figure out how I could do it so I don't compromise my own integrity and how I want my work seen in the world, how I want to leave quote-unquote my legacy in the world as an artist and what I would want to happen with these works after I'm gone from this world. Yeah, so my work is going to be up on the blockchain when I do it as a philanthropic work, not as something that's just um, a Pokemon trading card. I mean, I'm not trying to put that down. There's places for that, but it's not a crypto kitty. It's fine art that has a meaning and intention. Um, so there you go. That's where I am, and that's what I needed to say here. Ah, yeah. That felt good. I needed to get that out. So back to Lady in Gold. I will make a finishing Hopefully, next two or three casts will be finishing that book. I've been promising that for a month. And then I got into this, and I felt this was important for me to discover and to mull around and try to figure out what I'm going to do with all these physical pieces. Now, this world, I can attach physical pieces to these works, but that would probably make the... Um, initial works anyway, the initial NFTs more expensive than I really want to start. So I'm wondering if I can't, or I'm thinking that what I want to do is put the digital work in the world and donate these pieces either to causes or to museums or to somewhere, schools, um, institutions that you know, just donate the physical pieces if I'm going to be able to make work, make the sales go towards the philanthropic ideas I want on the digital basis, then that would work for me. As long as I'm getting compensated for making the work and having a portion of it go to these causes, I'm happy. You know, I would like these works to be on people's walls, but people have to see the work first before they want the physical you know, so I am still working that out. <laughs> and the other thing about this is that I find this expanding my way to still create work. It makes a reason for me to create it now. Now I have a reason, you know, it's like if I could 
make this work and know that my work was being sold and going to these causes, then I would continue to be able to create and not and have an opening to me. I mean, like a new energy. It's like, um, it's kind of sad and depressive to me making work just to have it clicked in a corner, you know? And I need, I need to get it out there. I need the world to see it. But I have another project. You know, I have about four projects that I can see expanding this. And also, I paint digitally. I mean, when I went to see Hockney's show in San Francisco at the MoMA, you know, he's a painter. He's a traditional painter. And yet he has expanded his repertoire to digital painting on an iPad. I don't know what he's doing today, but that's what I saw like six or seven years ago. And I got my iPad just to explore it, figuring if he can do it, I can try it. I mean, I've been such a snob with saying, I'm just going to paint. I'm not going digital. Well, digital has a place in this world. I've been really exposed to a lot of digital artists in this last few weeks. And it's just freaking amazing what people are doing. And so I, I'm kind of excited. Maybe I might learn a new way of articulating some of my old paintings or, you know, opening up the space to create something brand new that I haven't even known I could do. Um, I am a sculptor as well, and I haven't been able to sculpt because obviously there's no room for it. And there's, I've been like, you know, traditionally kind of like, what do you call it? Um, focused on one medium because that's what the art quote unquote the traditional art world wants you to be to show that you're a serious painter you have to just paint you know it's sort of limiting and I do a lot of things I take photographs I play with clay I build I do a lot of things so yeah this is really kind of giving me a whole new shot of energy in my work and so I guess I just needed to say all that and let people know what's going on for me. This is a new change and I don't really know how it's going to work. I mean, I still have a little bit of cold feet with the whole quote unquote blockchain thing, but with people, you know, breaking into Christie's, uh, although, you know, that's kind of iffy too. I mean, the collector that actually bought that piece, which is amazing. I don't know if you heard about his piece, 5,000 Days. He has created a piece of artwork for 5,000 days in a row. And I remember when I did my series of just getting from three months of waiting to go to Europe by myself, that, you know, making a, a piece of day for 90 days was daunting. I mean, it was great. It was a great experiment. And I have all that work, you know, and we as artists, we do stuff daily. You know, we do, we do, we create daily. And whether it be photographing or going on a photo shoot or, um, you know, sketching or doing whatever we're doing, you know, so thinking about the projects, working on the things, you know, that way, um, but this guy that collected people was kind of already on the insider of the blockchain, I think. I have to read the article. There's an article 
and um, it sort of set up a red flag for me. I'm like, I, I just don't want this to be a manipulation, you know, and it probably is at some level. You just have to be honest. You know, what isn't anymore in this world? It's so frustrating. Um, but I think this is a wave of artists being empowered and being able to take back some of the power of where their art goes and who's going to be collecting in a way because determining by your what you want to do with it, you know, what you want to say with it, how you want to write the smart contract. Like recently there was a burn Banksy. Now, okay, I'm in for avant-garde. I went to an avant-garde conceptual school, but I felt like it was sort of a play to get attention and Oh, I don't know if you haven't heard about it. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but um, I don't want my art burnt. I'm sorry, I don't want a collector to burn my my digital NFT, and I don't want anybody to burn my physical pieces. They have history. They were built over time. They have a story, and... I don't want somebody to do that just to make another NFT because they burnt the work. You know, I know that's quote-unquote avant-garde. It's like Duchamp putting a toilet in the museum and signing it, you know. But uh, it's a statement that was made as a statement to the the fiat world, if you will, the 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 dollars and cents world. It was a statement about cryptocurrency and how a digital item could be as much worth much as the physical piece I get I get the concept you know I get the concept but I just that made me fearful I'm like I don't want this to just take off and have all these crazy people collecting the work and doing whatever they want with it that that seemed a little bit out there for me so maybe I'm a conservative liberal progressive whatever label I don't like labels so don't put the label on me I guess that's all I have to say like I said this was a thinking out loud project putting it into the public world sphere to make my new adventure public we'll see what happens from this thanks for listening I will catch you on the next cast when I put up the next and hopefully last few sections of Lady in Gold by Anne-Marie and uh, her story about Gustav Klimt. Thanks again.